0: The more time you put into something, the more attachment you have to it. So it's just like the longer that I, I, I keep building this brand and keep building, you know, um, my reputation and in, in my name, you know, every, every, everything becomes more important.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Flavor of Fashion podcast. I'm your host Belle, and this week I'm joined by Devon, aka Mismanos. He's a San Diego-based independent jeweler who specializes in custom and couture pieces. In this episode, we talk about everything from attending Fitum and GIA to starting his own business, creating custom pieces, as well as his favorite gemstones and so much more. I hope you enjoy, and let's get started. Hi, Devon. Welcome to the Flavor of Fashion podcast. It's so great to have you.
0: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
1: If you could please introduce yourself, just let us know like where you're from, where you currently live, and a little bit about your business.
0: My name is Devon, also known as Miss Manos. Uh, I live in San Diego, California. And I'm a high-quality jeweler and couture artist where I make um, custom jewelry pieces and clothes
1: we both met at FITM. I know that your background's in product development, and you also went to GIA, which is in Carlsbad. Um, Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your educational background at both schools?
0: I started at FITM in San Diego in, what was it, I believe, 2016, 2017. Yeah. Um, And straight off the bat, I really just kind of was just motivated and inspired to you know, start using other applications in my fashion design. I was never really trying to do, you know, the basic tees and stuff like that. I was always trying to be more intricate. So kind of like from day one, I was always researching, you know, different jewelers and different um, ways to apply gemstones and stuff to my garments. And then after FITM, which I finished in LA, I went to I went, So I went a year in San Diego, a year in LA. Um, then I went to GIA. GIA is the Gemological Institute of America. Um, they are the world's foremost authority in gemology. And they aren't necessarily like a school. It's more like a museum and like an institution where they certify gemstones and stuff. But they do have courses. Um, and the courses are like six, seven months long. They have the graduate gemologist course, which you would do if you want to sort be certified in gemology. And then there's the one that I took, which is uh, the graduate jeweler course. And that's where I learned how to set diamonds and polish um, and pre-finish and assemble jewelry. Yeah, so yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just the graduate jeweler course. Awesome.
1: Um, when did you know that you wanted to specialize in jewelry instead of apparel design? Cause I know like your fit and background was in Um, park development for apparel but obviously you were really into jewelry did you know that you wanted to go to GIA like while you were still at Fitum, or when did you make that like transition
0: so I honestly when I started Fitum, I had no idea what GIA was but I believe it was like the first quarter and it was just like they had always been trying to like push us to do like stuff that we haven't seen before and I just knew I've never seen like gemstones or like actual uh, high quality like metals and stuff like that in fashion design so I don't know I just kind of <laughs> got an idea there and invested most of my most of my projects were all jewelry related so like even my end product development project uh, we had to make we were supposed to make like 10 garments design 10 garments they actually allowed me to do five garments and five accessories because they knew that I wanted to do like jewelry so I was making like keychains and designing glasses and like skateboards and like stuff like that so I always kind of had that like edge in my you know that that facet in my product development design I just I don't know I I think I took it more serious once I got to LA and I started you know, learning more about gemstones and stuff like that, start reading more books. And you can't really read too too much about gemstones and like high quality stuff in the industry without hearing about GIA. So once I heard about GIA, I was like, okay, what is this place? And then I start doing research about, you know, what they specialize in, why they're so known and you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, I remember in like our trends class one time, I believe. I don't know, it was like catwalk trends or something. And you gave like all jewelry based pieces as inspiration. And our teacher was like, wait, this is not a jewelry or accessories based presentation. Like I'm so confused, but exactly. yeah, I remember you being passionate. Or
0: like I was always doing research on like Tiffany's and Cartier and like, and they're like, this is not, that's not necessarily fashion. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, they definitely cross over for sure. And I mean,
0: coloring
1: yeah. accessories, they're in like the same category. So yeah. Very cool. how do you think your Fitum education prepared you for GIA and starting your own business?
0: I would say FITM prepared me in ways as far as like critical thinking, you know, being able to think for myself, not not necessarily just hearing what people say and then just going based off of that like actually doing my own research, doing my own uh, trials and errors and stuff like that. Um, I, don't, I don't really feel like it got me necessarily ready for GIA just because GIA was a whole other like life-changing experience for me. And I feel like it was definitely more, I needed to be more disciplined at GIA than I had to be at Fitum. So being at Fitum was like more free will, gave me the opportunity to kind of like think for myself But then going to GIA, that kind of made it to, made me more like detail-oriented, very, like I'm very picky now, I'm very, I don't even know, like the smallest, the smallest things need to be on point. And that's kind of how I want to implement, that's what I implemented into my business, and so now I want to implement that into my fashion design as well. And I feel like that'll, that'll separate me from a lot of, you know, a lot of houses.
1: How did you choose your brand name and where you opened your storefront?
0: Uh, the brand name kind of just like came by itself. Like it, it, it sounded really cool to me, and I liked the concept. And then, just um, there was this this uh, scripture my mom had told me that I really liked, which is uh, Proverbs ten four. And that's also, it's also in my bio, it's kind of like uh, my mission statement, if you will. It's uh, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. And that was just something that kind of stuck with me and, and meant a lot to me. So mis manos means my hands and, you know, my hands is my business. So, and then the storefront, this, it kind of just also just fell into place, really. It was like an opportunity where, Somebody that I met that had also went to GIA uh, months before me. He had an office space at um, at the Jewelers Exchange downtown San Diego, uh, which is a very close knit community of people. It's not like really easy to get into this building, but you know because I I went to GIA, you know that person knew that you know I had to I had to be serious enough to go there. So you know they took a chance. On me, and then I kind of just invested all of my money that I was making from, you know, the pieces that I was making into my business, and then kind of just grew from there. Um, but this is—I'm—I'm I'm honestly glad that I'm at this location, just because it's official, but it's not so crowded. It's not like LA where you know it's a new jeweler like 7-Eleven, you know, like all over LA. And San Diego, I believe San Diego is a, a really, um, really nice city. is is still growing and it has a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, I really like your brand name. I think it's a cool play on words um, and very memorable. What types of clients do you work with and what's like your target market?
0: I work with all types of clients, um, athletes, you know, rappers, people like like that on that end. But then I can, you know, I work with hardworking everyday people as well that, you know, just have something to celebrate or, you know, want to want something to feel good. I really like doing pieces that are, you know, for meaningful reasons, you know, Um, graduations, birthdays, things like that.
1: How do you reach your uh, target market or your clients? Do you mainly use your Instagram?
0: A lot of it is through Instagram or just word of mouth or you know, I'll be, I'll be out somewhere. I have my grills in Somebody's like, Hey bro, nice teeth that da, are da, am da. Like, appreciate it. I made it myself. And they're like, Whoa, you know, and it, it, it kind of just goes, goes from there. It's kind of, that's, that's what I kind of tell my clients as well. That's why I want them to have the best quality product possible. Cause it's like, once you leave, you're kind of like a walking billboard, you know, right. Somebody's yeah. either going to say, eh, I like that. Or I like, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, hey, where'd you get that from? You know what I'm saying? All excited or ill, where'd you get that from? You know? Yeah, you for want, sure. You want the excited
1: part. <laughs> yeah, they're representing you and your brand when they're wearing your piece and also themselves. So, exactly. They want them good and you want them to feel good.
0: Exactly.
1: Can you talk a little bit about your services and products you offer and maybe a little bit about your price points? I know you're doing. A special this month for october and that's probably going to be over by the time this episode's out but like mm-hmm. maybe offering any future deals um maybe you can talk about that
0: yeah so the october thing will probably be, i'm only doing it for the rest of october but the closer that we get to you know the holidays i'm gonna be doing more promos i do a lot of you know uh buy one get one half offs, things like that um, I'm I'm very reasonable with pricing either way. My prices are um, not as high as you as people would think. Just because if you go on my on my page, everything looks you know quality and like rare and stuff like that. But I actually get a lot of this stuff for wholesale prices. So everything it can range from fifty dollars to fifty thousand dollars. It really just depends on the client's budget. I I do I have a service where you would pay a deposit, a minimum deposit for of like two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars, depending on the piece. And then I would do a design and rendering and grow a wax model of that exact piece. And then with that rendering comes all the details of the piece, so all the specifications, all of the stone counts and weights and things like that. And then I could come up with an exact price, just because you know, in my industry, the pricing changes all the time. Gold goes up and down all the time. Diamonds go up and down all the time. The only thing that doesn't really change is labor. You know, and a lot of people don't incorporate that into the price a lot of times because they're used to going to like jewelry stores where they just have a lot of inventory sitting around. Whereas I actually make these things by the order. Gotcha. <clears throat> but uh, others, other services and things that I do, um, offer or you know i offer repairs and restorations things like that can still make clothing as well so i I have a seamstress that can make me patterns custom patterns and we can do you know custom pieces i just started to incorporate that this year in like may just because i upgraded offices again so now i have more space to to work with stuff like that but i'm really trying to be like the jack of all trades in the industry like I want to be able I want people to come and be able to make a suit if they want to or make a wedding ring if they want to get some grills if they want to things like that
1: awesome so your main focus is like quality and custom pieces correct but like exactly doing everything under the jewelry realm for that right very cool and are you making a lot of these pieces by hand still or are you outsourcing does it depend on the project
0: well yeah so it, it would definitely depend on the project. so for example like the clothes and stuff like that like I said I have a seamstress that you know helps me produce that type of stuff but everything most everything is made in-house I even like I have sewing machine in-house have fabrics and things like that in-house but all of the jewelry from casting to you know the final video people see on on instagram that's all me
1: (laughs) awesome and do you have like a special studio space dedicated just for taking your videos or how do you produce the videos on your instagram
0: in my office i have two sides to my office i have a work room and a showroom so my showroom is more so for like the clients to come in uh they would you know, do their consultations, get molded, take their pictures and stuff when they do receive their pieces or pick, pick them up, things like that. Um, that's also where you see the, that wall, the wall with the mural that has the mis manos and all of that. That's usually where I take a lot of my videos. And then the stuff that's like the close-up shots, things like that, that's actually done in a light box. So I don't really need like a big like photo room. Not yet anyway. I'm probably going to incorporate that once I start doing more um, apparel and garments and things like that, that I, that'll need you know more space to actually do the photography. But a lot of the stuff that I'm that I do is you know pretty small, intricate, and I need stuff to be close up. So there's this uh, light box called a gem light box, and there's different settings on it, and it actually works by Bluetooth. So I just connect the Bluetooth, and I'm able to take high quality pictures and videos of all my uh, jewelry pieces.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I love all the videos you create. I'll be sure to link your Instagram in the description so that people Thank you. can see those videos out. What does your typical work day look like?
0: Oh, that's that's perfect. I was actually just gonna say I want to start doing more like day in the life type videos i want to start doing like a vlog type thing for like maybe make a youtube or something i've been really going back and forth with it but i think i just got to get the discipline just get it started and just start uploading stuff but the typical day is really like you know i wake up you know get myself together make sure the fam is straight things like that come to work um start up all the machines make sure things are getting heated up you know what I'm saying? Uh, I check my Instagram, see if I have any orders or anything like that. Do all, all that stuff early. And then I'll get started on finishing whatever I was working on last night, setting up my appointments for the day, setting up we'll have to go drop off packages to or, you know, things like that. My days are really spontaneous though. There usually isn't a day that's like the same as yesterday. So that's, that's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I definitely think you should start a YouTube channel. I think people would be really interested in just kind of seeing like the ins and outs of the industry and um, yeah. what your job looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like from a younger uh, perspective, it it because at the end of the day, I am still, you know, I'm still 24, still, you know, kid at heart. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff that I, I do or you know, say or things like that is not the typical thing that you would see in the jewelry industry. I'm not really a collar shirt type of guy. It's it's much more laid back, but it is still very professional. And still, you know, I can I can show that, you know, not to really judge a book by its cover because it's like you can you can do both. You know what I'm saying? I can still be professional and and uh, knowledgeable about what I'm selling and making. Yeah, having that professional look
1: and i think that um it's interesting to see that perspective from someone who's not like in the jewelry industry in the traditional sense um
0: correct yeah
1: just seeing from like a younger person's perspective who is just starting in the industry but um has something unique to offer i think that's something that definitely differentiates you from other jewelers what is your turnaround time for a custom piece i'm sure it differs based yeah,
0: project. It, yes, so um, if it's something solid, doesn't have any stones, things like that, something small, um, I'd say about a week, two weeks. Um, then if it does have stones, depending on how many stones, how big is it, the longest I've taken on a piece is 10 months and that piece had over 4,000 stones in it
1: wow.
0: so it was, uh, it was a lot it was a lot of work a lot of sourcing a lot of you know things a lot of designing um, conceptualizing things like that it does take time and you know everything is pretty much hand you know hand set hand selected things like that so even selecting 4,000 stones takes a long time.
1: So what are some of your favorite gemstones or precious metals to work with? I know that you posted one specific gemstone. I forget what it is recently on your Instagram.
0: Tanzanite. So Tanzanite is is actually um, my favorite gemstone. Um, It has been since I went to GIA. It's really funny. So when I was at GIA, um, I had graduate gemologists who sat next to me in class so i was i was kind of glad that i didn't do the gg course because they had just finished the gg course so i was just kind of picking their brain and you know learning the gemology side of it at, at the same time um which the reason why i wanted to do the gj over the gg is because at fidem i know you remember we did a lot of sourcing and you know tech packs and things like that we didn't really do a lot of hands-on sewing so I I kind of was um, I was ready to get my hands on something. I didn't really want to do like do a repeat of FIDM with the G, with GIA. So I kind of chose that. But um, I I used to sit next to uh, gemologists and just ask them about a whole bunch of gemstones. So that's where I found out about Tanzanite. There's another one called Big Spite. Big Spite is uh, it's like red red emerald, um, and it's very rare. Uh, emerald is my birthstone and red is my favorite color. So I just was like, oh, well, I got to get big right spite now. <laughs> but there's that. I like Tanzanite. Tanzanite is uh, pleochroic, which means that it change, changes colors. It goes from purple to blue, depending on how you look at it. There's Alexandrite. Alexandrite is very rare. It's June's birthstone. Um, that is What is it emerald by day ruby by night so depending on how you look at it it might be green or it might be red i like stuff like that like things that are like you know different and unique i like opals um opals are you know very rare as as well like black opal that's super rare but those are like made out of water and silica jelly you know what i'm saying the more you do like research and like read on this stuff the cooler they get too so it's like any gem that i Really research I've you know grown to like love you know
1: that's really interesting yeah I love opals but I had no idea that that's what they were made of and I've never right
0: seen it's rain it's like rain rainwater that goes into these rocks it seeps into the, the crevices of these rocks and just hardens over time right yeah it is it's very beautiful stuff and and I haven't seen like you, you'll never see two opals that look exactly the same. So it's like, they're very unique, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's really what's special about them. I always called them the dragon tails stone, though.
1: Yeah, they look like little dragon eggs.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: What parts of the world are you sourcing your um, gemstones from?
0: So I actually have, my gem dealer is right below me. Uh, he's a floor below me. Um, And he sources stuff from all over the world. Um, There are like gems come, like they're known to come from specific regions depending on what stone it is. But there's no like one specific place. But he he is a graduate gemologist from GIA. And he does all of my appraisals. Uh, Appraisals are like basically for insurance purposes and just to certify, you know, the authenticity of stuff. But you can get them from Africa, like Mozambique. You can get them from uh, Colombia. And like emeralds from Colombia are very expensive and rare. But they they come from all over the world, really. Mostly Africa, though.
1: What is the most, well, I guess you kind of talked about this, most difficult piece that you've made is probably the one you said you worked on for 10 months? Or is it a different yeah, one?
0: that 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 is definitely the most difficult piece I've ever done it was a plug if you want to
1: i can put a link go to my
0: yeah if you want to go like link it to the to the post on, on instagram um it was a plug that plugs into itself if you can can conceptualize that it like it has an outlet and then the female end as well and there's magnets that are connected to the tops of them and you can actually plug it into itself that's the like the closure for the chain and then it's attached to like a spiked Cuban link chain and has a lot of stones in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'll yeah, take, nah. put a link so people can see what you're talking about. For and sure. then what is your favorite project to date?
0: My favorite project to date is still probably my mom's uh wedding ring, which I made. That's probably like my that was like, my first year out of GIA, I really just wanted to, like, I wanted to show my mom that it was, like, real, you know what I'm saying, like, like, this is actually happening, like, I'm actually doing, doing what the hell I said I was gonna do, you know what I'm saying, um, just because, like, I don't know, my mom always believed in me, but, like, she never really understood everything, you know, so I kind of wanted her to, like, understand, like, I made, this is what I do now. You know what I'm saying? And her ring is amazing. Has a GIA certified uh, center stone. And I gave it to her for Christmas and she cried and I loved it. And so that's probably the most like memorable and important one to me.
1: And you said, well, what was the center stone? Is it a diamond?
0: Yes. It's a a, a GIA certified diamond. Um, A marquee is kind of like a almond shape. Uh, no not even an almond that's like a pear shape um a marquee a marquee is kind of like the traditional like diamond shape but like I don't even know how to how to describe that (laughs) it's very hard to describe
1: no worries but it's
0: a marquee shaped center so
1: very cool what's been the most rewarding part of running your own business so far
0: the most rewarding is probably it's I would say the freedom but it's it's kind of like a fine line with that because like you have to still have a lot of discipline and like still be on top of your game but the fact that I can you know I can wake up when I want go to sleep when I want you know and and just do something that I love every day that's kind of the most like rewarding part there's a lot of people that stress out about stuff that they don't care about and I feel like everything that I stress about I actually love so it's like it's worth stressing over you know
1: yeah you're like almost more concerned because you want everything to be
0: right because I just want it that bad and yeah. it's just like the more time you put into something the more attachment you have to it so it's just like the longer that I, I, I keep building this brand and keep building you know um, my reputation in, in my name you know every every everything becomes more important you know
1: exactly and when did you start meesmonas again how long has it been
0: it's been it'll be 3 years at the end of this month
1: oh awesome congrats
0: thank you thank you
1: what is your dream meesmonas collaboration if you have one
0: I have a couple, but like my biggest one would, I'd probably say uh, like a, a Miss Manos Allen Iverson collab would be crazy just because that's like, ooh, I don't know. This is a hard question, honestly, because like there's so many people that I feel like have influenced me and like motivated me to like, just be hungry and be different. So it's just like anybody that really just helped me start, you know what I'm saying, my my drive to get where I'm at, that's who I want to like collab with. So Alan Iverson, definitely, Ace Rocky, definitely, you know what I'm saying? Just like people that I feel like would push me um, artistically too, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we would cook up something that nobody has ever seen before.
1: Absolutely. And on that note, who has been your most influential mentor in the business or at GIA?
0: That again, that's a that's a hard one. Just pin on like one person. Right. But like I, I'm I'm around, yeah, I'm around multiple um, I call them OGs. You know what I'm saying? They they have been in the jewelry industry since before I was alive. You know what I'm saying? They've been in this building since I was alive. So for me to be like the new face um, of like, you know, the the, the hip hop jewelry stuff in San Diego right now is like you know important to me because I want to I want to continue what they what they were doing 20, 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? But um there's a guy in here, his name's Norm. My gemologist downstairs, where I get my gemstones and stuff, his name's Kevin. Um, I have an OG that passed away to COVID this year as well. Um, His name was Larry, and he taught me like casting and just like thinking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be able to think on your toes and and really like come up with solutions. A lot of people run into problems and just like give up, and these people kind of like made it to where I I don't have a, a ounce of give up in me, you know.
1: What advice would you give to someone wanting to start their own business or get into jewelry design?
0: Um I would I would say do as much research as you can. Google, YouTube, you know, um all of these things are are tools and research resources, you know. Um I would say never Never rely on somebody else to, to give you the, the pathway or the blueprint, um, you kinda, cause every, everybody's way is different, you know? So uh, you really just gotta find what you like and find your style and, and find your clientele and, and just stay hungry, really. It's, it's really not even about the money or anything like that. Like what people would assume it's not it has nothing to do with like all the stuff people would assume it would be about, which is like cloud money and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about like passion and just like persistence and consistency, you know.
1: I totally agree. I think the uh, most important thing is just being excited about what you're doing and exactly. The most rewarding thing is just like pursuing those projects that you're most passionate about and it feels better, I'm sure it feels better to you to like create amazing pieces for your clients and see how excited they are to wear them than it is to like, just get paid for them. Right. How do you balance being a new dad and running your own business?
0: I ask myself that every day, actually. is <laughs> um, it's, it's very hard. Is definitely new like I'm even even though I've done I've been in this building and I've I've been doing business for three years I'm still very new um to both business jewelry everything you know I'm still a baby to a lot of people who've especially been in the industry and been in business for you know 20 years and things like that um so and and then being a new dad that's like a whole new thing so it's just like trying to juggle both babies at the same time is is crazy but um it's a it's a blessing for sure it's definitely I've learned a lot too as as far as like just how to prioritize things and just um make sure my timing is correct just because certain things have to happen you know and so I have to make them happen
1: who are some of your other favorite jewelers and whose work do you admire
0: so when I was at Fitum, I was really inspired by this dude named uh, Maison Rakshan. Um, That's his Instagram, M-A-I-S-O-N, and then Rakshah, R-A-K, I think, and then S-H-A. Yeah, so Maison Rakshan, um, Greg Yuna, Alex Moss, Gabby Elan. Damn, I don't want to leave anybody up. Ben Baller. And all of these people aren't necessarily like Maison Rashaw. I'm influenced by his work more more so because he's an actual like jeweler and he actually does the work hands- on that's kind of what inspired me to to take on that part um, but as far as like design, aesthetic um, execution um, and and just how clean and, pres- and and the precision of pieces, I, I always applaud Greg Yuna and um and those and those guys. Um just because this stuff is always clean. <laughs> forgot. See, I knew I left somebody out. I left out uh so Yeah, I gotta go to Instagram so now I forgot one. I'm like, I definitely don't want to forget no more. Um Elliot that would be Eliante. Eliante is like big he's big. Um there's Stax Customs which Stax Customs is based in uh in Florida and they have like all all black jewelers and so that's kind of motivational as well just to see, you know, uh, other black jewelers there aren't many of us. So to see that, you know, somebody has a whole factory of, you know, like making money together. I love that idea, Um, especially in the jewelry industry, just because you don't see that a lot.
1: For sure. I think that's also an awesome thing too, is like you're a small business, you're a black owned business, you're new to the industry. There's so many things that set you apart and are like reasons to support your business. You create really high quality products. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. I saw you're creating some Padres pieces recently for the games and the playoffs, I guess. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're offering for those kinds of pieces? And I'm curious, have you reached out to any players?
0: Um, so I believe I've reached out to Tatis, how long ago? Let's see. It's been a minute, it's been a minute. But I didn't. Um, I haven't reached out since then. In July of 2021, I reached out to Tatis for. Um, but the the um, the Padres pieces actually were two custom orders that just so happened to, you know, fall into the into the line of the playoffs and them doing so good. Um, so. But I but I did drop them on my uh website. I didn't plan on doing like anything crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a really big baseball fan, but I do support San Diego and you know anything that people need or want, I'm here, you know what I'm saying, to, to make it happen. So if they do make it to the World Series, I'm down to you know do some crazy, crazy pieces for that or you know, anything like that. Uh but right now the San Diego Padres logo is on my website so they want to go check that out both with diamonds and without diamonds
1: very cool yeah i like those pieces a lot and for any other sports fans i'm sure you could do plenty of other logos so oh
0: you know, yeah it, it, check it out exactly exactly any team you need
1: are you still looking for an apprentice um and what do you look for if so for anyone listening
0: I am still looking for an apprentice. Um, I'm just looking for passion um, and and persistence and consistency, really. Uh, I need somebody that's hungry, wants to learn, isn't necessarily in it for, uh, you know, the money and how much they, they can make, because this is a very lucrative business. And, you know, uh, money will drive you crazy in this industry because there's so much of it that you know if you're greedy it's it's going to show very fast and nobody's going to want to do business with you so it's is very important that you know from the jump from being a, an apprentice to being an you know a manager or an owner of anything you have to kind of like really first and foremost do what you love so that's, that's really what I'm I'm looking for is just somebody that loves jewelry enough to, you know, want to learn and be here every day.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in applying to your apprenticeship, uh, be sure to send Avon a DM. Definitely. What are some spots that you frequent in San Diego? This could be like fashion related or jewelry related, or just any of your favorite like restaurants that you'd recommend.
0: That's a good question. I don't get out too much, but um, you know, I like going to Coronado every once in a while. I go to the beach, go to um, food spots. I like. I really like like Bronx Pizza. That's like my favorite pizza spot out here. Um, where else? Where else do I go? I don't know. Like walking around downtown is it's nice sometimes. <laughs> I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Like San Diego has been different for the past year or so. So the locations that I like though, I would I would really recommend Bronx for pizza. That's that's like one place that I can say for sure. Uh, one of my favorite spots over in like Hillcrest area. Okay, cool. Yeah, on Washington Street really good pizza. but that's pretty much it that I'll go to the beach you know hang out with my son. That's really what I like to like to do in my free time besides that i'm I'm always working.
1: Is there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about?
0: I just wanted to say that I do have a collection that I'm working on right now for apparel um, that I plan on dropping if I can't get them out by December. I'll definitely be dropping them like beginning of the year in January, but I'm working on these like hoodies um, that incorporate uh, real diamonds and gemstones and um, all natural, you know, of course, gold and silver and platinum and stuff like that um, on the aglets. So it's going to have like diamond aglets hanging from your hoodie. It's going to be pretty, pretty sick.
1: That sounds sick. Um, Can you wash them? I don't know anything. Yes,
0: yeah, so they are removable as well. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, they screw onto your sweater, and then over time, you'll be able to interchange them. So, like, say I do, like, a July 4th drop, and I'll drop some aglets that have rubies, diamonds, and blue sapphires just to do the red, white, and blue. And then you want to take it off and switch it onto that. Then you can just buy the aglet. You won't have to buy a whole sweater. And also, when you go to wash your sweater, you can unscrew it from your sweater, throw it in the washing machine, take it out, screw back on.
1: Okay, cool. And to clarify, aglets, they're like the... The tips
0: of your shoe. It's like the the tip of your shoelace.
1: Okay, so like the tip of the drawstring of your sweatshirt.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Could you plug your Instagram and where everyone can find you?
0: Yeah, no problem. So it's been the man, the myth, the Manos, man. You can find me at mis Manos Co on Instagram, M-I-S-M-A-N-O-S-C-O. You can find me on TikTok as well, same at. Um, I will be starting a YouTube soon. Um, and then as soon as I do, it'll probably be like Mis Manos TV or something like that. So, But for now, just follow me on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? I hope to see some of y'all soon.
1: Thank you so much to Devon for coming on this week's episode. If you're interested in applying to his apprenticeship, be sure to send him a DM on Instagram at Co. I'll also include a link in the description to his holiday sale, which was just recently announced, and all the details will be on that post on his Instagram. You can follow Flavor Fashion on Instagram at Flavor Fashion Podcast, and if you like this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify. Thanks for listening, I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next week for another taste of the world of fashion. Bye guys!